You know, in the early church, uh, there was a debate as to how do we bring Gentiles into the church? What requirements do we have for, for uh, membership? And so the first church business meeting was called the Jerusalem Council. And uh, they were going to decide, well, what are the church's requirements for, for new members? So the story picks up in Acts 15. It goes like this. Then it seemed good to the apostles and elders with the whole church to choose men from among them and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They sent Judas, called Barsabbas, and Silas, leading men of the brothers, with the following letter. The brothers, both the apostles and the elders, to the brothers who are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia, greetings. Since we have heard that some persons have gone out from us and have troubled you with words and settling your minds, although we gave them no instructions, it has seemed good to us, having come to one accord, to choose men and send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will tell you the same things by word of mouth. So here's the fascinating part. For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements. So here we go. These are the requirements for membership. That you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what has been strangled and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Farewell. Shortest new members class in history, you know. Be careful what you eat around your Jewish brothers and don't be immoral. There you go. So, but you guys instead got eight weeks of, of good instruction. Uh, you've made it up the mountaintop. Uh, remember, we, we started the class with the whole story of the Bible. And then we moved on to the way of salvation. And then we spent uh, several weeks just looking at uh, the community of believers. Uh, what is church membership? What is church discipline? What does it mean to be a disciple of Christ? What does discipleship look like at this church? Uh, we looked at how to understand baptism and the Lord's Supper, uh, how the church is led. And uh, last week, we looked at the vision of our church and our membership covenant. And lastly, today, we're going to look at our core values as a church and discuss the next steps for getting involved. Peter, do you mind pulling that door shut for us? Appreciate that. So let's begin with our, our core values. Uh, you'll find those listed on the back of your outline, I believe. <clears throat> I'm just going to read through these really quick. Listen as I read. Uh, maybe I'm going to trigger a thought or a question. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, first of all, God-centered worship. CCC is committed to the right worship of God that is directed by Scripture and flows from the heart and mind of the worshiper. Biblical truth. CCC is committed to learning and loving the Scriptures as the basis and authority of all of life's actions. Genuine community. CCC is committed to seeking true and genuine community among its members where people are unified in the essentials of the faith, charitable in the non-essentials, and act in love toward all. Compassionate outreach. CCC is committed to the proactive involvement in both word and deed, demonstrating God's grace and love at both the local and national level. Persistent prayer. CCC is committed to becoming a body of believers who in faith praise biblically and perseveringly. Active discipleship, CCC is committed to actively discipling its members toward a greater conformity to Jesus Christ. It is the desire of this body that all be made mature, using and enjoying the God-given gifts in ministry. Cheerful giving, CCC is committed to its members giving both thoughtfully and cheerfully as a reflection of our faith and appreciation for all that God has given us. 
Loving obedience. CCC is committed to its members growing in the knowledge of Christ's love, desiring to move away from willful sin in their lives and their faithfulness and obedience to God's law. Developing Christ-centered leaders. CCC is committed to maturing Christian leaders who are committed to teaching the Word, praying for fellow believers and for those who are lost, and ministering to God's people. Any questions or observations about those core values that we have at this church? Okay. I think they're pretty straightforward. Um, you probably don't disagree with any of these. Um, the real question is how these things are walked out. Uh, you may feel like um, there's some that we're not doing well at. And, you know, that's why we're, you're, you're here. You know, we need your gifts and your skills and your insight and wisdom to, to help shore us up as a body. These are things we're aiming at. You know, they're going to show up in, in the kinds of things we do. They're built into the structure of the church. We don't claim to do all of them equally well. Uh, but, again, um, that's why we're eager um, to have you here with us. So... Um, moving on then, I want to take a few minutes to discuss how to get involved in the church. I'm going to try to give a little bit of time at the end. Susie Naylor is also going to come in and speak. She's our women's ministry director. So how to get involved. Uh, one way of thinking about involvement in a church is creating a lot of different ministry pathways uh, for, for someone to get on and um, you know, give everybody a job to do, a place to serve, and, that, and that's how you get involved. That's how a lot of churches do it. Um, so let's say a new member comes to me and said, you know, I've, I've been here a few months. I'm still feeling on the fringe. I feel like I don't really know people. I'm not connected. Uh, how can I get involved? So the ministry pathways approach would be, you know, well, here's a list of all the different service areas in the church. Why don't you look through this, find out which one really matches you, and, and we'll get you plugged in, uh, whatever's a good fit for your, for your skills. Uh, but I want to propose a different way of getting involved in the life of the church. Um, so instead, person comes to me, hey, I'm six months in, I'm still on the fringe, how can I get involved? Well, I'm going to respond by suggesting people's names for them to pursue. So, hey, I'm so glad you want to be involved in the life of the church. There's a couple over here. Uh, they, I, I don't even really know where they are spiritually. Why don't you have them over for dinner and just get to know them? Or... Um, Let's see, well, what would be another example? Um, how about, uh, yeah, there's this, there's this person, he's young in the faith. Um, I sense you're mature in the faith. Why don't you ask him to coffee, you know? Or uh, there's this older, seasoned saints, the, the, this couple over here. They have a lot of wisdom I think they could offer you and your wife. Um, I'm going to try to connect them with you and um, so you can be built up in the faith. So there's all kinds of different ideas. Um, again, um, it boils down to discipleship and hospitality. Uh, this is going to get you a lot further involved in the church in, uh, in compared, compared to other ways you might, you might get involved. Um, so we really value that. Discipleship, hospitality, organic relationships here at the church. You remember our definition of discipling, uh, deliberately doing spiritual good for another person. That's what we're aiming for. We want that to just be normal uh, in, our, in our membership. Hospitality um, may include having someone over for dinner, but, but not just that. Uh, it might mean warmly greeting unfamiliar faces on Sunday mornings. 
Uh, you know, the Greek word for hospitality in the New Testament meant uh, the love of strangers. Uh, we're talking about a big-hearted, other-centered, Christ-like love for other people. So something Tom's always said, um, you know, we want you to be a there-you-are kind of person instead of a here-I-am kind of person, you know. So um, rather than hanging out on the perimeter of the room, scanning, just waiting to see if someone's going to approach you, uh, you come to church eager to give of yourself to others. Um, I do want to say, does not, I'm not saying that you've got to be an extro, extrovert or a really great socializer. Uh, the measure of faith God has given you, we're just asking you to, to come to church ready to engage other people um, and, and to see how they're doing, you know, and not merely talk about how you might be doing. Uh, something I appreciate about uh, Nick, Nick Lingle, uh, he actually comes to church, and he doesn't broadcast this, but I guess he keeps it in his pocket, but a little post-it note with a list of names of people that he intentionally wants to go after that Sunday. Um, maybe it was a conversation here he recalls from the previous Sunday. Somebody told him about a job interview they had. Hey, how's that going? How'd that turn out? Did you hear back yet? Or, boy, uh, you shared with me a couple weeks ago about a real crisis in your life. Uh, can you give me an update? What, what's going on? So... Um, this isn't just stuff pastors do. This is something the membership uh, should be doing, serving one another, loving each other uh, with our words, with our conversation. So um, I want to put that before you because it's really, if we uh, people have tell me uh, Christ's covenant is a loving place. That's something I hear often if they're new to the church and they, they just sense a warmth, big-heartedness about the membership. Um, and so that DNA is something we want to help you. We want to help you guys continue it. You know, so we don't want to lose that as a church. Okay. Obviously, building relationships and being involved in ministries—they're not mutually exclusive. Um, it's not an either-or proposition. Uh, we do want to prioritize relationships and then allow ministry structures to flow out of that. <clears throat> But they, they, do, they take a behind, kind of a behind-the-scenes sort of role. Um, we, we do need uh, to care for logistics. I mean, we've got parking issues. Uh, we need greeters. You know, Anne and, and Marcy were just here talking to you about uh, the need for volunteers in those ministries. Uh, audio-visual, uh, sound needs. Somebody's got to cut the grass, you know. Uh, all that said, they, they aren't, these aren't the primary things in the life of the church. Uh, they are structure, not substance. Uh, but we are interested in your skill sets. I was telling uh, Sam that there is a place on the application for you to list, even hobbies, skill, things you're, you're, you're skilled at, uh, ways that you might like to serve, and then I'm going to follow up with you in those ways. So we try to marry these things. Have you ever read the book, uh, The Trellis and the Vine? Um, it's a great illustration. Illustrations. I didn't even know what a trellis was when I first saw that book. But, uh, you know, a trellis is the... The, the wooden lattice that a plant, it provides the framework for a plant to grow, grow up. So uh, in, in the life of the church, the illustration is uh, the trellis is all your structures, all your, your curriculum, your classes, your, all, all the, uh, the things you put in place that allow the vine, which is people actually growing in Christ-likeness, to have something to grow up on. The problem is most churches put all their energy into that trellis. They have a big, beautiful, painted trellis. Meanwhile, the vine is some, you know, I think it's growing down there, you know. But boy, we've got a trellis, you know. Do you, and so I think 
the reason that imbalance takes place is because people can see it. It's like, well, hey, we're really doing something. You see all the programs and the classes we have? And, well, that's, that's great. Um, but if people aren't actually growing spiritually, there's a problem here. I suppose you could have the opposite issue where um, people are growing incredibly people in their faith. People are coming to faith in Christ and we have failed to invest properly in the trellis, and so the vine falls down under its own weight. You know, uh, I suppose that's, that's a possibility. Usually that's not the issue churches are facing. So uh, we want to put our effort, our, our energies towards seeing that vine grow. And yeah, we need some trellis work uh, as well. So anyway, the two should, should work together. Um, really what you want is a beautiful, flourishing vine. And you can't even really see the trellis, right? Because the vine has just covered it up, you know? It's a great book, by the way, The Trellis and the Vine. If you ever want to read that wonderful illustration. All right. One place that uh, organic discipleship and a program structure intersect at Christ's Covenant would be our care groups. So we have a definite structure. We get a system. Uh, I'm the discipleship pastor here, so that's one of my roles is uh, placing people in care groups, training the leaders, overseeing that whole um, ministry. Uh, but care groups are a microcosm of the church. It's a place to actually do together all the things that we're asking members to do in the, in the covenant. Uh, you know, any time a church is bigger than 50 or 60 people, you, you're just not going to know everybody. And so uh, you can't practically exercise all of the membership uh, covenant all that it says toward everyone in the body but you can as, as we break down into smaller groups so care groups are a place uh, where you can be building deeper relationships um, it's usually about 12 people 12 to, 12 to 14 people I try to keep it small enough where that kind of interaction can actually take place we have 17 groups right now about 186 people involved about 60 percent of the church is involved in care groups which is really good um, for, for a church our size. Um, there'll be a place on the application for you guys to mark, yes, I'd like to be in a care group and I'm going to follow up with you and figure out where you live. I'm increasingly trying to place people geographically. That way it's just easier to hang out uh, during the week. Um, so most of them meet on the second and fourth Sundays of the month right after church. Um, so if you're in a care group near where you live, it just keeps morale high. It's not super hard to get there. It's close by to your house. Uh, that's what I'm striving to do. So now we have a group out in Durham. We've got two groups in Wake Forest. We've got several groups in the Nightdale, uh, Wendell area, and then a whole cluster of groups in the North Raleigh area. So I'd love to talk to you about that if you'd like to do that. We do limit uh, membership of care groups to members of the church or those who are well within the membership process, which you guys now qualify. You've been here for eight weeks with us and probably longer. Um, so love to move you ahead in, in that. Uh, lastly, I want to talk about uh, something that may not be a normal part of every new member's class, uh, but nevertheless, just to get everything out up front, um, when and how to leave a church. Um, our church, it's not the best place for everyone. We, we're honest about that. Um, some people decide it's not the best place for them after they've been here for a few weeks and they never come back. Um, some become members and are here for some time and then later decide this isn't the right, the right church for them. Um, so within the past several years, people have left Christ's covenant for these reasons. Uh, some find it too big. 
Some find it too small. These are things people have actually told us. Uh, some find our leadership too autocratic, top-down, heavy leadership. Uh, some find our leadership too passive. So we're not, we're not visionaries. You know, they, they want more from us. Uh, some find our spiritual environment exhausting. Others too bland, like, like we need a revival. Uh, it's all over the map. You know, pe people are fickle. They just have different reasons. Uh, some don't find fellowship here, and they think that the relationships are superficial. But many who come and stay love the church because of the breadth and depth of relationships. So it's just, eh, it's just the way people are. Um, most who left uh, simply got jobs in other places. So I will, I will say that. It might sound like if people are leaving in droves. That, that's not the case. But all this raises the question, when is it appropriate to leave a church? Three questions. Has the church become apostate? Are there serious unbiblical uh, teaching or practices being allowed? Um, are you convinced that over the long haul you cannot find a place to serve in that church? Or that your family is not spiritually fed in that body? And then thirdly, uh, do you have deep concerns about the leadership's desire and competence to walk out the vision of the church? So those are three questions to ask yourself. Uh, you want to joyfully be able to follow Hebrews 13, 17, which says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls, as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. So if you feel you can't do that, uh, it may be time to have a discussion with the leadership about the possibility of leaving. Uh, this doesn't mean leaving right away, but it's a time to sit down with the leadership and, and talk seriously. How to leave a church. Three things to keep in mind. Um, so after talking with the leadership, you decide you should leave the church. Here's some suggestions for how to do it well. We're just trying to prep you in advance. You know, we want to aid you even... If it, if it comes to that. Number one, uh, don't leave with unreconciled relationships. Um, Romans 12, 18, If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So when you become a member of a church, uh, you should do so with an internal resolve not to leave because of broken relationships. Uh, there may be irreconcilable disagreements that lead to your departure, but that doesn't mean you have to leave with shattered relationships, right? Uh, some people, they, they leave a trail of fire behind them when they leave a church, and we're asking you not, not to do that. Uh, resolve in your heart as much as you're able to not be that person. And if you're coming here um, with unreconciled relationships in other churches, we, we, we'd ask you to, to please deal with that. In fact, there was a group of about 30 folks several years ago disgruntled people coming from another church. They said, hey, this is the church for us, Christ's covenant. And we said, please don't. Please, please go back to where you're coming from and make things right with, with, with those folks. It's kind of weird for a church to say, no, please don't come here. But what we did in that case, um, they were embittered, disgruntled, and we said, you know, we need you to go back. Just like Jesus says, right, in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, if you're coming to worship and you remember you have a relationship that's not well, Jesus says, go, go deal with it before you bring your, your gift to, to the altar uh, for worship. <clears throat> so we want the same thing. Second, talk to the church leadership before making your decision. 
uh, with humility and clarity. Uh, you know, if you only talk with your spouse or only with people who agree with you, then, then no one challenges your perceptions. Uh, so you can get locked into your own view. Um, hey, Susie, come on in. Uh, most people leave in their hearts and then communicate why they're leaving. We can ask you to reverse that. Um, should be the other way around. Um, you should communicate as concerns arise uh, before you're out the door in your heart. So I hope you, uh, I hope leadership here is not threatening to you. We, we really want to hear what's clanging around in your head. You know, if you got, you got something get, got bent out of shape over here or you have some questions, just, just come talk to us. In fact, that's one of the beautiful things about Christ's covenant. You can actually have a coffee appointment with the senior pastor within two weeks of asking him for one. Um, you did it? Yeah, yeah. We're really available to you. Um, not, not every pastor can, can do that of every, of every church. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I might can meet with you within hours, you know. So I'm not quite as in demand as Tom is. But um, anyway, we want to be there for you. Lastly, at Christ's Covenant, we always inform the body when people join and when they leave. Um, and we try to explain the reasons people are leaving when we're able. Uh, what we're aiming at is congregational involvement. So um, if you've been to our members' meetings, you've heard of that. Departing members, people who are joining, we, we always go through that. Uh, the commitment of each member uh, is not to the pastors and elders of Christ's Covenant only, but it's primarily, primarily to the whole body. So as you guys are joining the church, you're now becoming responsible for the spiritual well, welfare of the entire congregation. And so that's where we have these members' meetings. We, um, we, we share who's coming in and, and who's leaving, and um, we, we want to keep our, our roles clear as to um, who's here, who's not. So you may have heard of churches that, like I grew up in a church, for example, that had like 3,000 3, members, but maybe only 800 actually showed up on an average Sunday. You know, so that's, that's an imbalance. So uh, it's something we, we're actively trying to, um, to combat. Uh, that the, the people who are on the, the membership roles are those who are actually involved in the life of the church. It's not just a name on a piece of paper. You know, so we want mean, uh, membership to be meaningful. Okay. I want to give a few minutes for Susie to share about uh, her ministry here. She's new on staff as women's ministry director. Um, so welcome, Susie. She's going to share a few minutes about her role in, uh, here at the church. I see a lot of familiar faces, so that's good. Um, I am the women's ministry director. This is like fairly new position for us. We've never had one before, so um, just since last j January, maybe mm -hmm. December. So um, I just wanted to tell you some things that are specifically for women in our church, because I think it's sometimes women, I know that some of you are already plugged into different things, but we it's important for us to plug in and feel as if we are connected. And so, for just a minute, guys, please indulge mm -hmm. me. Um, so the main thing, one of the biggest things that we do is our Bible study is probably one of our most popular things and the easiest way to get involved and at the same time be fed. And I really encourage you, if you decide to stay with Christ Covenant and join, it's a great way to get to know a small group of women immediately and a larger group of women to become familiar with them and at the same time to really grow in your faith. 
Um, we also have fellowships that we do quarterly, so about four times a year the women will get together and, and around some function. It, it varies what we do. Um, so those are always announced in the bulletin. Um, every March we have a retreat or a conference of some sort where we'll get together um, for a Friday and a Saturday, Friday night and a Saturday, and just get together. Um, those usually are about 100 women strong. We have a lot of people come to this. Um, also, we have um, a ministry in the fall that's called Titus II. Um, I know some of you, you went this year and so did Lynn. Um, it's a really fun thing where Jennifer Morgan, who is, um, she actually teaches cooking classes and she's a really great cook. Um, will invite us all into her home and she'll cook us this fabulous meal with some other women and give us the recipes and talk <coughs> about it and then we'll sit around and eat our wonderful meal while someone, well, one of the older women will share about a topic. We do that four times in a row for four weeks and then that's it. But it's a really sweet time. You leave feeling very pampered, do you not? Yeah, you feel pampered and, you, and you've gotten to know, it's an easy way to get to know um, people because it's usually a smaller group of about 15. I think she can max out at 15 people. So that's been very popular in the past. Um, our upcoming, we don't have any fellowships scheduled for this year yet, but our upcoming uh, event will be a Christmas brunch. Sally Atkinson lives on a horse farm. She has this beautiful farmhouse on a horse farm. It's just, you just wanna stay and hang out there. Mm -hmm. But um, every year it's a traditional thing. We get together, we have brunch, and then um, there's a short sharing time, and we sing Christmas carols, and it's, it's, a, it's just what we do for Christmas every year. So that's, um, that's actually on um, December 7th. It's usually the first Saturday of December. Um, in addition to Titus II, we have other mentoring things. If anybody's interested in mentoring, they can come see me. Um, and the last thing I'll mention is park days, which is for mothers with younger children, but people like me are also invited to come. Anybody who's available can come and hang out at the park. Um, and it's just a nice way to hang out with some women and get to know them. Um, so there are two more of those coming up in no on November 8th and December 13th. And those are gonna be, you can find everything on the website. That's the best place to go. Um, and there's sign-ups and all that kind of thing. So those are just some of the things that we have for women. Um, and I'm available to you anytime, at any time. If you're feeling like you're having a hard time getting connected, please just contact me. Reach out to me. I'd love to meet you for coffee. Get to know you. So. Thank you. Thanks, Susie. Yeah. Thank you so much. You know, it's, it's remarkable to think about what God may have in store for us in each of our lives for the next few years, or who, who knows, decades perhaps, however long God has you here among us, um, how we're going to serve each other, love each other. Um, some of us may lose loved ones, and it's going to be the members of this church that are going to come around you. Um, you'll come around me. I mean, it's, it's really remarkable uh, what uh, God has done in the local church and how we care for each other um, and seeing one another grow up in the Lord together. So we don't want to be the same men and women that we are now at this point next year. We want to change and grow, um, transformed by the renewing of our minds, conformed to the image of the sun, and uh, that's, that's why we're here. So we're not, we're not a social club. We're the church of, of Jesus Christ, 
Um, so uh, it's just, it's almost gives me goosebumps, you know, to think about um, how special uh, this next group of people are coming into our body uh, for God's purposes, for his glory and for our good. So let me pray.